Amen. Please standing if you're, uh, remain standing if you're able, and let's turn to Genesis 50 one more time. Genesis 50, page 44 in the Blue Bible. We'll begin at verse 22. So Joseph remained in Egypt, he and his father's house. Joseph lived 110 years, and Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation. The children also of Machir, the son of Manasseh, were counted as Joseph's own. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die. But God will visit you and bring you up out of this land to the land that he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died, being 110 years old, they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. Amen. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. You may be seated. I think this is a very interesting way for the book of Genesis to end. The last words are about a dead body embalmed and placed in a coffin in Egypt. I almost wonder why it didn't end on a more positive note. You know, maybe some statement about all the great things that Joseph did um, for his people and for Egypt to save them. But no, the very last thought of this book of beginnings is about this man's end. It's about death and burial. We can learn something by paying attention to um, details like this. For example, think of the, the contrast here between the way the book begins and the way it ends. And how do you even sum up that beginning of this book of beginnings? It's the beginning of all things. It's such a glorious beginning to this book that uh, records the glorious beginning of the entire creation. And it's so full of hope at the beginning, so uh, full of expectation for uh, the, the whole creation and what God made it to be. Man made in God's image, made to live in this incredible union and closest communion with God in a wonderful world, an uncursed world. Everything God made was so good, very good. Then, of course, as the book begins to unfold, we see how we got here. It wasn't good for long. Sin entered in with the fall of the human race. 
and the curse and the judgment for sin, which, of course, is death for all people. Even God's people suffer death. And that's where we are here at the end of Genesis with that reminder. It ends on that note of death. And Joseph really had done so much good in his life. He had attained so much. He had, at this point, status and power and wealth. He had done so much good for so many. And yet none of that could save him from death. And you know, this ending to this book is probably the best one that we could possibly have because it reminds us of what we need to be reminded of. And that is that all people will die. And this is something that it's good for us to remember, to keep uh, at the forefront of our minds. We don't like to do that. We don't like to think about this. People in general really try hard to avoid thinking about death, or at least their own death. You know, our minds have a way of um, trying to deny that this is going to happen to us. It'll happen to others, but will it happen to us? Yes, it will. Unless Jesus returns first, all of us sitting here will die. And that's actually something that the book of Genesis highlights over and over and over, doesn't it? Uh, It makes a big deal out of the deaths of people, of God's people in particular. Of course, it tells us some things about their lives as well. Some of them lived very long lives, incredibly long lives, lives so long you, you really scratch your head and think, really? But then it tells us that they all ended up the same way. They died. No matter who they were or how they were commended, they all end up the same way. The writer of Hebrews in chapter 9 puts it this way. It is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes the judgment. So as we close this book, it's um, it's fitting as we think of Joseph um, dead and embalmed and in this coffin. It's good for us to ponder this. It's good for us to let it remind us of our own death that is coming. As Joseph died, so will we. You know, we can have very good lives. Some people will do very good things, very significant things. Some people may become very great even in the world's eyes, may become wealthy and powerful, influential. Some here today may achieve very significant things. Of course, some of the most significant things that we can achieve, at least in God's eyes, are having a family and doing good for them, doing good for our neighbors, loving others. Honestly, the most significant thing that you can do in this life is to become a Christian, 
put your faith in Jesus to be changed, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, to come to know God through Christ, and to love him, and then to love others. That's the only way we can really love others as we ought to. We need to come to love God by knowing his love for us in Christ. Well, these are very good things and significant things, but no matter what, when that appointed time, your eyes will close, your heart will stop, your body will grow cold, and will be put in its final resting place. Octavius Winslow wrote, this is a little bit of a lengthy quote, but it's, it's worth it. All is shadow here below. The world is a shadow and it passes away. The creature is a shadow. Health is, is a shadow. Fading and in a moment gone. Wealth is, is a shadow. Human friendship and creaturely affections are but shadows. Sweet and pleasant while they last. But oh yes, the words passing away is indelibly inscribed upon everything here below. Yet how slow we are to realize it. What shadows we are and what shadows we pursue. Unconverted listener, what is your life but a vapor? that passes away and what are its pursuits but shadows unreal unsatisfying your rank your wealth your honors and pleasure are only phantoms which appear for a little while and then are lost in the deeper shadow of the grave and the still deeper and longer shadow of eternity so turn from these dreams and hallucinations and as a rational, accountable, immortal being on your way to judgment, fix your mind upon your solemn, endless future. You are going to die. And oh, when that hour comes so real, how will your past life appear? Sober words. Death is unpleasant to think of. But let's also remember that death is not the end. It's only the beginning of our endless future. That's how Winslow put it. Think of it that way the beginning of your endless future. You need to be prepared for it. Take these things to heart, people. Take the final judgment to heart. Take to your heart your accountability to God. Be sure that you're ready to face death on that day and what lies beyond it. Are you ready for that?
Moses wrote, teach us to number our days so that we may get a heart of wisdom. May the Lord give us that wisdom that we need to be prepared for the end of our days. That wisdom we need is Christ. That heart of wisdom involves taking hold of Jesus Christ by faith, putting your trust in him to be your savior, to take away your sins. He's the only one who can make us ready for death and eternity. And not only does he make us ready to endure death, having him as your savior will actually enable you to look forward to death. Calvin said, no one has made progress in the school of Christ who does not joyfully await that day of death and final resurrection. And this is true for the believer. Why would we not look forward to death and eternity if we have our glorious, loving God and heaven to look forward to? Perfection and glory, the end of all sufferings, the end of all our trials and tribulations, those things that will, uh, we are to count now as momentary and light because they're not even worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed to us. Let's store up our treasures there and not here. If we do, to die and go there is not going to be a loss at all, but it is going to be great gain, as the Apostle Paul says. We'll be going to our greatest treasure the moment we die. And that greatest treasure, of course, is God himself. God who reconciled us to himself in Christ. He has stored up for us not only eternal communion with him as our greatest blessing, but countless untold other blessings. We will not lose anything in death, but gain so much. Brooks, Thomas Brooks said, a Christian knows that death will be the funeral of all his sins, sorrows, afflictions, his temptations, his vexations, oppressions, persecutions. He knows that death will also be the resurrection of all his hopes and joys, his delights, his comforts, his contentments. Let's think that way of death as believers, not only facing the reality of death that's coming, but let's face it with hearts that are full of faith, full of faith in Jesus Christ. And then our last moments alive will be the happiest moments of our lives because we will be right on the brink of heaven and glory and all that is good, far greater good than we've ever known in this life. 
The unbeliever stares death in the face and he sees eternal horror. And he should see that. But through faith in Jesus Christ, we can approach death. And we must approach death seeing the Father's smile of love ready to welcome us home forever. Joseph had that kind of faith at his death. You see him there, he spoke in faith. He spoke of God and his faith in him and his promise. Looking forward to the promised land. And his testimony, Joseph's testimony, lived on as an encouragement to future generations. You know, the only time in the New Testament that Joseph is spoken of is in Hebrews 11. It says, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke by faith about the future exodus of the Israelites. And he gave instructions that his bones should be taken up. What a commemoration of his faith as he was dying. He uttered those words. Not very many words at all. He didn't say a lot, but he did say a lot because his words bore testimony to a powerful faith in his glorious and faithful God. Joseph had full confidence in that uh, yet unseen event that was still so far off in the future from where he stood. Hundreds of years, and yet God had promised it, the Exodus. And Joseph believed. He believed God. As far as he was concerned, it was as good as if it was already done. It was as good as if the Exodus had already happened. That's how firm his faith was, because God had said it, and he believed it. And he spoke in that faith, encouraging his brothers and their descendants and future descendants to believe it also. And he said, God will surely come to your aid. And this record of Joseph's faith was passed down. It was preserved and it was um, shared through all those many generations uh, as the next four centuries passed. And when the book of Exodus opens, we see that there was still a faith-filled remnant looking forward, believing those promises of God, waiting on him for them. They were still looking for what Joseph said was going to happen. They were waiting for that sure event to be fulfilled. Surely God will come to your aid. They were looking for it eagerly. Let that be an encouragement to you. Let Joseph's faith be an encouragement to you, his dying faith. And may it embolden you to bear witness to others by speaking of your faith in Christ. Joseph is part of that great cloud of witnesses that Hebrews 11 speaks of. 
those who passed the torch of faith to future generations. And you're part of that great company as well now, believer. Those witnesses speak to you, that great cloud of witnesses, and now you must also speak. And let that be the legacy that you leave behind, an enduring legacy of faith in Jesus Christ. You know, perhaps Joseph uh, had a monument built in his honor by the Egyptians. They certainly appreciated him. We see that in how they honored uh, his father in that great state funeral procession up to the promised land. And the Egyptians were, certain, Egyptians were certainly into building monuments, as we know. It's possible they went all out to create some kind of special monument to remember Joseph. But we're not told of that. I think it's very interesting that this is the way the Bible sets up a monument, if you will to Joseph. This is the way the Bible wants us to remember him, as a man who trusted in God. He believed God's word and was looking to him to fulfill it. And he was urging others to do the same, even as he died. And by faith, he saw that victory from afar, even though it was far off in the future. He saw it by faith, and he pointed others to believe like him. That's the only memorial to Joseph that has endured. And that's the only kind that we should care about, leaving behind ourselves as believers in Christ. If you have a gravestone when you die, it'll crumble if the world lasts that long. These days I start to wonder, but gravestones crumble, epitaphs pass away, become unreadable. The memories of people that they have of us are gonna fade away and be completely gone in just a couple generations. But if we point people to faith in Jesus Christ, the one who conquered sin and death, that is something that will never fade away. That may have lasting, enduring implications for people who come to faith, even through your testimony. And God certainly will remember that as well. And our message is not that different from Joseph's. But we're on the other side of the cross. And we can tell people, God has already surely visited us. He has come to our aid in the person of Jesus Christ. He has died for our sins, and he rose again. Death has been swallowed up in victory through him. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. He has given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, Lord, we praise you for taking care of this enemy of death and even transforming it into a blessing for us who belong to you by faith. Father, keep us living by faith. Whether we face uh, troubles and evils in this life or times of ease that uh, could easily tempt us to forget you, keep us in your love and keep us trusting you. Keep us living by faith, believing that you are our God and the Lord of all who has given us a hope and a future in Christ. We praise you, Lord, for him. We praise you for his sufferings and his death for our sins. We praise you furthermore for his resurrection and exaltation. And now just as surely as Joseph looked forward to the exodus, so we by faith look forward to the Lord Jesus coming again. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Praise you, Lord. It's in his name we pray. Amen.